0: In episode number 79 of the TTM Sports Show, we're delighted to give you a bonus episode brought to you from our appearance on Pint of Football. Enjoy!
1: Welcome to Pint of Football, where unlike Gianluigi Buffon, our persistence to continue doing what we enjoy is not directly linked to our skill or ability. I am Daz Napton, the host of the show, and this time out, I have the pleasure of being joined by not one James, but two, it is the TTN Sports Show. Welcome, lads.
2: Hi, Daz. Thanks very much for having us. Very pleased to be here.
1: Thank
0: you, Daz, for inviting us onto your esteemed podcast.
1: You're more than welcome. Cheers for joining. And before we kick off with your story, or potentially stories, depending on what content you could find, I've got a couple of questions just so we can introduce the listeners to yourselves first of all because i'm dying to know what does the ttm in ttm sports show Uh stand for go on james
0: well ttm stands for think twice medias ttm there are two facets to ttm you have the staple the one and only undefeated heavyweight sports show sports podcast that's the ttm sports show And on the other side, if you like deep,
2: dark, dirty and rough. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
0: And that's where you get your conspiracies, from 9-11 to JFK to the alien conspiracies. If any of your listeners want to catch something outlandishly crazy, we have on YouTube, on TTM Dark, on the TTM Dark channel, a man that claimed he had sexual violent relations (laughs) with aliens.
1: Well, I'm glad I asked. (laughs) You didn't expect that, did you? No, and just for clarity, Just so we can tell both of your voices, which James is which. All I know about you both is that one of you supports Spurs and the other one Liverpool, but neither of you sound like you are Scouse.
0: Well, at the end of the day, life goes on and it gets dark. Um, What I will say is I support Liverpool Football Club and it just goes to show that the the LFC family stretches far out of the borders from Scouse Nation uh, to be one of the biggest clubs in the world, the club... That everybody loves to hate. Yet, if you support Liverpool, you love the fact that everybody hates you. In fact,
2: it's just like supporting England. And I'm I'm the realistic Tottenham fan, so I'm a re- I'm, a- I'm very proud to be a realistic Tottenham fan. Because he knows
0: he's not going to win anything.
2: I know. For a I, long time, I was there in 2004 when Norrie Nabet, 36 years old, signed from Deportivo. Exactly. On a free transfer, and I thought it was a good sign in. It was uh, like Hossam Gali. Exactly, Hossam Gali. I've been through them all. Goran Bunjavcevic, God rest his soul. Melenko Asimovic, who once missed from one yard against Fulham at home. Um, yeah, so I've been there. So I, I I know where we've come from. So I'm a realistic Tottenham fan and a realistic guy, unlike uh, my, my co colleague, James. Well,
0: what if I said unrealistic this season? <laughs> um. Hmm. What if I said that's unrealistic, apart from the fact that it's going to be a long season? It's it's not going to be easy for Liverpool to win trophies. Yet here we are in January, we've won one. What
2: I do know is that you did say that the um, the Carabao Cup was was not important. I said and, it's and... The,
0: I said it's like the it's like the FA Cup's ugly sister is yeah, what it good
2: is. Trophy, good trophy.
0: It is if you're a Tottenham fan because no. the only trophy you win <laughs> is the best looking stadium 2021 in world f- football.
1: Well, I I'd, I'd love to chip in but as a Macclesfield <laughs> fan, I don't oh. know. What, I don't know what any of that stuff you were just on about is really.
2: Well, you've had the unpleasant um, the very big displeasure of having Saul Campbell associated to your football club. So um I I send my most sincere condolences for that.
1: Yeah. Well, we've currently got Robbie Savage running the ship, so I'm not sure if that counts as an upgrade or a downgrade or a side upgrade. Certainly an
0: upgrade on uh, nine out of ten male hair around the country. It's wonderful.
1: Good, good. Well, cheers for clearing that up. We now probably know who both of you are. And we're really looking forward to jumping into your quick stop tour of Mauritius. This is in the mix, and it's a place where we like to explore every inch of the globe in search of surreal, surprising, and spectacularly silly stories. What have you got for us?
2: So, um, before before we go, I will I I will put in the little uh, asterisk here, Daz, that it was very difficult to find stuff on Mauritius. I, I would say their footballing history is uh, is not not steeped in glory. So we we we've done interviews with. Um, before we've managed the manager of um, national teams. So we've done the Cayman Islands. We've done the British Virgin Islands. We've done the Faroe Islands assistant manager. We've done the manager of the um, the Gambia uh, in the last couple of weeks. Um, so uh, going in and doing some deep diving into these sort of smaller nations lower down in the FIFA world rankings. It, I've done a lot of it, but... Um, this was hard. This was this was. You, you really got me here, Daz. Um What I do know is that the the the, uh, the nickname of uh, the Mauritius national team is Les Dodo, which is uh, translates in English to the Dodos. Uh, make of that what you will, the extinct pretty, bird. Pretty the much do- like,
0: the, like the left back, the Brazilian left back, Dodo. was a wonderful player, just never quite cut it for Inter Milan, did he? Was, it, was it Dodo? It was Dodo. I'm sure it was Dodo. But just before you dive into the football side of Mauritius, why don't we tell some of your lovely listeners who are listening, thinking, oh, we're in for a real bonus this episode. Mauritius, OK, a country a steeped in acclaim in the Indian island nations. Its rivals, Réunion flanked by a big heavy French influence is known for its beaches lagoons and reefs. The mountainous interior includes back River Gorges National Park with rainforests maybe somewhere for the wife and kids to go on vacation. We don't know. The capital city Port Louis has sites such as the Champ Mars horse track incredible the eureka plantation house and the 18th century sir c swagger rangulam botanical garden so ladies and gentlemen listening to the show if you don't want to go to mauritius to capture some football i'm pretty sure a lovely trick to the eureka plantoon house <laughs> might just do it for you james over to you
2: so so in terms in terms of the football uh, daz Footballing wise, the greatest achievement of the Mauritius national team, and by by no means is is any small feat uh, as a nation of the of its size. They qualified for the nineteen seventy four African Cup of Nations tournament, which for a, for a nation of that size, um, with an all time high FIFA ranking of one hundred and sixteen, um, that's a pretty good achievement. It I, is, I isn't think. and you know we saw what Thomas Sonfere did with um, with the Gambia in the summer. Yeah. you're talking about that level of. Um, That level of achievement, really. So, 1975. Where the real success comes for Mauritius, though, Daz, is in the uh, Indian Ocean Islands Cup, where they are a mainstay. Big time successful. Now, the Indian Ocean Islands Cup consists of the following nations. The real powerhouses. Comoros. The Maldives. The Seychelles. Mayotte. Mauritius. Reunion, as James mentioned, as the big rivals. And everyone's favourite zoo, uh, Madagascar. So, um, that is the just, Indian Islands. Just a quick one, James. Real quick one, Ron. Go on.
0: Wouldn't you love to own, like, a Madagascar home shirt? I mean, I wonder who they're sponsored by. God Why knows. you read off some more stuff about Mauritius, I'm going I'm to Google that. I'm going to find out. I'm, I'm pretty sure if, if a pint of football will allow me to is to, is to find out exactly who makes... The Madagascar shirt.
2: I'm not sure, but I do know that the Mauritius shirt is made by Adidas. It's probably one of the template ones, similar to what you're wearing uh, tonight, Daz, which is a lovely Metalist Kharkiv shirt. So shout out to Metalist and to the whole of the Ukraine. 100%. Um, But it is Adidas, uh, Mauritius. It did, for a little spell, go into uh, Joma in the turn of the the, the decade. In Venezuela, before...
0: they do take third rate, without being disrespectful. They do, they're quite <laughs> big Ecuador, Venezuela. They're quite big in South America, but also a little jaunt into Eastern Europe as well.
2: Yeah, so it, but back to Adidas now. Mm. Um, what do you want to know, Daz? What do you want to know?
1: Well, I want to know if you've got any nuggets, any scandals, any, any um, you know, maybe that African Cup of Nations... Dare I ask if it was a triumph? I'm um, I'm sure I don't remember seeing their name etched on the trophy, but no. did, did did they did they even get a point? Did they get out the groups? Did they, no, storm, they, uh, they storm the storm the cap they, of the continent?
2: No, they they finished bottom of the group and uh, they lost every game in 1974 unfortunately but they have won the indian ocean islands games twice once in 1985 and once in 2003 which would be seen as a massive massive achievement in terms of the domestic league the domestic league in mauritius hasn't been uh, running since the start of covid so the last two seasons have uh, actually been abandoned um now in terms of little nuggets as well some interesting clubs in that domestic league some interesting club names so the most titles um, is held by a club called Fire Brigade. So the Fire Brigade have got the most league titles in um, Mauritius and their biggest rivals for the, to the Fire Brigade with seven league titles, which is in third place behind FC Dodo, is the Police Club. So the fire brigade and the police are out. I've had some real uh, title ding races dongs. on ding-dongs you know, over you the years. You don't want to
0: take. You don't want to foul the wrong person, do you? Because you never know. The following Saturday night, they'll go. Hold on a minute. I, I know you. You're the one that took me. I'm going to write. I'm going to Like Belize. Do you remember the Belize episode from Point of Football? All their listeners remember it. I know I do. I listened to it on the way home. And they were talking about uh, there was a question that came out. Goes which uh, which name club do you think would win the league? And I thought. Well, I don't know if a league could be one on names, but what I do know is, what I do remember is you spoke really well about a lot of clubs having a lot of, let's say, government, armed forces. uh What's the word I'm looking for? Social protectors, shall we say? The police, the fire service. Institutions. Absolutely, that, that did it. And it looks to be the same in Mauritius. And I think it was yourself, Daz, that did say it, of course, in, in Asia and places like that, that it does seem to be prevalent around the world. That these uh, these countries seem to have, we do have it in this country though we do we do we do have the we well, got the met, the met police are yeah, in the southern do. there
2: in the southern they play against Froon town our we hometown our hometown club but unfortunately for them they don't have the investment no but what the weird thing as well thaz is that the the two uh, top two most successful clubs in the history of uh, mauritius domestic football now both no longer exist which is which is fire brigade fc dodo actually the top three because police club also do not uh, uh, any longer exist so the last three league titles have been won by a club called pample Mousset, which is uh which is a, a absolute brilliant pronunciation as well but there's the, the the team names we've had some absolute bangers over the years um 1975 league title winners hindu cadets they they uh, had a successful year that year and then but they were knocked off their perch the following year in 1976 by the muslim scouts club um, also, eight league titles, thirteen named Sunrise. Oh, I love there that. There was a good, successful club there, Sunrise, who also no longer exists. And my favourite, um, my favourite name uh, of a club, and James will tell a story about this chap in a sec. Is the club called Jochim. So um, I, it got me thinking about uh, former Aston Villa uh, striker Julian Jochim and Bradford.
0: Absolutely, Julian Jochim. You do a podcast, does? But you're at that point where you're trying to approach guests, you're trying to start a bit of networking, maybe get a little bit of a following. So your your friends in your WhatsApp group are usually the first people that will listen to the podcast and maybe a couple of old friends that you've outreached on Facebook. And they thought, oh, I wonder what Daz is doing now. I'll take a listen. Now you're starting to get other people listen to it. These people doing these podcasts like us, like Daz, like a lot of other people on the Sports Social Network, find it tough at the beginning. But as you get going, it gets easier. But also, incredible memories and situations arise that you just would not expect. So, TTM Sports. At the time, around six months in, we're reaching out to all these different people. We're getting good interviews from real good people. We had had Mark Holsey, the world-famous ex-FIFA Premier League referee, regularly on TalkSport. We had Peter Drury, the world-famous commentator. I reached out to Julian Joachim. (laughs) Now... I rang up the number that, that was provided to me from my credible source. A man answered the phone. Hello. I went, hi, is that Julian? And he goes, sorry, I went, is that Julian Joachim? <laughs> and he goes, uh, no, I know him. I know him. I go, oh, are you his agent? I'm kind of his agent. Oh, are you his friend? Yeah, that's right. I'm Julian Joachim's friend. I went, right, so you're not having me on? No. What was, you know, I then said, what is it going to take to get Julian onto the TTM sports show to discuss your incredible career? And it was an incredible career. Played in Sven-Juan Eriksson's first game in charge for England at Villa Park. Yeah. In a game in which now, you know, God rest his soul, Hugo Echihog yeah, scored legend. the winner against Spain, I believe. No, it was four.
2: We battered him four now.
0: Yeah, well, he scored, didn't he? The first goal is Sven-Juan Eriksson's train, Hugo Echihog, Rangers legend. We are the people. Now, back to Julian Joachim. It turns out that he goes, OK, look, Julian would be wi- wi- willing to do a meet at a price. They tried to charge us £250 for 20 to 30 minutes of Julian Joachim's time. I said, I'll be in contact soon. I never rang back.
1: <laughs> Whoa, I'm sure. You know you can go on those websites where you can get celebrities to do messages for you and it costs about 20 quid. I'm sure I've uh, seen that on one of um, them.
2: Oh, what's it called? What's it called? Um, I know exactly what, it, what you mean. It's not Patreon, is it? It's. Um...
1: You can get, yeah, you can get minus. I know, I know what it means.
0: Yeah, you can get people like, uh, you can get people like Bruce Grobler, for instance, yeah. who goes, yeah, hey yeah. guys, happy birthday, I heard it's your, I heard guys it's your birthday, it's happy <laughs> birthday from me, Bruce Grobler, you know, that's a, probably a terrible, yeah. terrible pronunciation, oh. but it can work, but why do that when we know these people off by heart, you know, some of the people that we've, you know, Matt Jarvis, regular on the TTM Sports Show, absolute nice. legend, um, really, really, really good. John Solarko was on there actually the other week, which was quite good. But uh, going back to Mauritius, obviously, you know, the Julian Joachim, and, that, and that's what these podcasts are all about, isn't it? You start talking about football, you go off down weird and wonderful tangents. You know, we ended up from Mauritius to Julian Joachim.
1: <laughs> oh, what a route. What a route to go down. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, via Madagascar, and their kit is sponsored by Macron, just to chuck it out there.
1: Hey, you worked that out. You got it yep, sorted. It's a
0: lovely lime green uh, on one side, and a dark, uh, let's say Nigerian kit-style green on the other.
1: Dare I ask if you've ordered one yet?
0: Oh no, chance. Uh, no, I, I'm not interested. I'd, I'd rather order uh, a British Virgin Islands home shirt, 2008, which is uh, it's football porn.
1: <laughs> yeah, the the minor Caribbean nations football shirts are definitely always worth a look. Have Have you got any other? Mauritius gems for us. Uh, maybe who's the national scorer? Anyone who's been banging in hat tricks every week?
2: Do, do you know what? Do you know what, Daz? I don't know. James will find out, no doubt. But um, no, like I said, it was very difficult um, to do this. Uh, and you know, their squad has only got one player that plays outside of the um, outside of their domestic league, and he plays in the Seychelles. Um, their domestic league hasn't been running for. Two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um uh, and their their results lately have been a shambles.
0: But do you know what? I'll I'll tell you. Daniel Imbert <laughs> played from nineteen seventy-two to nineteen eighty-three, got fifty-three big international caps <laughs> for Mauritius, scored seventeen international goals. And let's not take it away, that's more international goals than fully established internationals like Michael Ricketts and David Nugent. You know, so <laughs> he's done well there. Um also, I mean, looking through, Henry Speville from 1995 to 2007, 72 caps, scored one goal. So well done to Um In terms of the rest of it, though, their biggest ever win was, do you know what? It's the big one. It was in Madagascar. It, the date was unknown, according to the internet. Um, they, they, they reckon it was around 1950. Uh, it was a 15-2 win against the old, the old enemy, Réunion. 152 uh, it was 152 and I'll tell you the scale of improvement from Mauritius was incredible a 2-1 home victory again at Madagascar Date unknown, somewhere around 1947. <laughs> Again, it's that club, it's Réunion. Do you know what? I might I, I might even go there one day. When when the world's calmed down, if it calms down and de-escalates at the moment, the only thing that seems to be escalating is the world. Uh, I, I think I might go to a match for Mauritius against Réunion. I mean, what a wonderful footballing story that would be. Their biggest defeats, however. Well, it did arrive. It arrived three times, Okay. The first one was in Port Said in Egypt on the 8th of June 2003 they lost 7-0. Uh, again in the Seychelles in 2008 this one this one would have really stung I think uh, you know a 7-0 away loss to the Seychelles um, that, that's, that that hurts more than a Sol Campbell goal at White Hart Lane for Arsenal if you're a Tottenham fan um, it was at Whitbank in South Africa so neutral territory but a good 7-0 win for the Seychelles and finally again it's that old score it's 7 it, you know it's a Lucky number seven, for really, for Mauritius, isn't it? Or unlucky number seven. This one, 9th of October, 2010. Senegal, seven. Mauritius, nil. Yeah, I mean, what can we say? Their stadium, they play at the Stade George V uh, Stadium. The capacity, 6,200. Uh, they've also played games at Stade Angele, and the capacity is 18,000. And they're reserved for higher-profile matches, probably against Madagascar. Um, so... Um, there is going to be a brand new stadium, though, at the Complexi Sport de Cote d'Ivoire, port of a large sports complex. It's currently under construction and is scheduled to be open, well, July 2019. It's not open yet. Um, once completed, the stadium will have a capacity of 30,000 seats. So, look, I mean, we could talk probably all night long uh, of of um, of Mauritius, but what I will say is they do have a victory against Angola. Okay, who was that winger for Angola who played for Wolves uh, no, in Fulham?
2: No, it was Manuccio that used to play for Man United. No,
0: there's another, there another one. There's another one who uh, plays for Wolves. Ivan Cavaliero. He is, uh, he's is Angolan. He An- is he Angolan? He's Angolan. No,
2: he's not Angolan. He's
0: Angolan. Angolan I'll, tell you, I'll have to look it up. Cavaliero, Angolan. They uh, drew against Burundi. Um, they've... One against Botswana. They've lost all four against the Cameroon. Um,
2: Burundi's where side Ber- Berahino plays. I think what we will say, Daz, is that, um, they, they, they is that they're win. rubbish. They're, they do, but they do win. I think we can we can put our hand on heart. Uh, you know they've been as low as 195 but in the FIFA World Rankings. They South Africa.
0: That's a good good. South
2: Africa are terrible at the moment. We know from Lungile that. Um...
0: Yeah, Lungime. L- shout out to Lungime and Matsuma. Uh, head over to TTS Sports uh, Twitter page. Uh, He's our South African football correspondent who is a big Manchester United fan. I mean, someone's got to be.
1: So, just final question on the matter of the country. Because you just mentioned this 30,000-seater stadium. How many people actually live there? In Mauritius? I will because... find out. Are we taking bets?
0: Yeah, go on.
2: Go on. How many? Go on, Daz.
0: 60,000?
2: I'm going to say 150,000. James, quick. I will say 137,000. I reckon it could be more, you know.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, so we're we're all miles out. Um, (laughs) What I can tell you is that it's one point two six six million inhabitants wow. uh, of Mauritius now they need to be doing better, if, be I, doing if, I'm, better. if
2: I'm head of the Mauritius FA I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at the people beneath me I'm looking at the technical director I'm looking at who's in charge of the national side you're gonna be with all, all these play? people beneath you I would I would be saying look we need to be doing better
0: you no know? infrastructure you know as far as I'm concerned James maybe they should bring us in charge maybe they should have us in charge one thing's for sure there'll be plenty of laughter there'll be plenty of love and there'll be seven men attached physically to the goal line.
2: <laughs> yeah, when the World Cup, because the World Cup's going up to forty-six teams from twenty twenty-six. Yep. Um, and it's going to increase the, the the amount of teams that can even qualify Scotland from, might qualify. Even Scotland might get there. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ugh. not Republic of Ireland at the minute because they're rubbish, but Scotland might. But yeah, so you're gonna you Hopefully, we're going to see like a new wave of of new international sides who have, you know, because let's be honest, over time infrastructure improves we've seen that in places like africa with iceland. the quality improving yeah the iceland faroe islands, the faroe islands Doing very well um, they won their UEFA nations league liechtenstein uh, uh, you know teams countries like that and now starting to get the infrastructure in. but what we'll see that's the point i'm trying to make is we'll we'll start to see now uh, that the the door is opened up further for the smaller nations. You know, there is a genuine the Gambier, shot. That, that, the, the, the Exactly. the. You know, in the pudding. The like Gambier. the Gambia
0: getting to the quarterfinals of the African Nations Cup, upsetting big teams along the way. You know, and, and as far as I'm concerned, we interviewed their manager, Thomas Seinfeld, who was absolutely, he was like Jurgen Klopp light, isn't he? he? He was
1: absolutely fantastic. He's like Jurgen
2: Klopp if Jurgen Klopp lived out of a suitcase and all he did was ever was coach teams.
1: <laughs> so you're saying the door's going to open. Could it open to Mauritius?
2: Absolutely not. Under no no circumstances will Mauritius go anywhere
1: near. They need to
2: concentrate. They need to prioritise the Indian Ocean Islands Cup. I think once they start to dominate that, then they can start to build the infrastructure then they can improve that they need to get that domestically back well, open a, a of now
0: million. Yeah. I mean I'm not being funny there are countries out there with significantly less populations Iceland that for are example yeah, 300,000 the Faroe Islands again yeah the Faroe Islands would beat yeah. them um, and what, what we would say is is
2: they need to get to a level where their youth team is winning the Indian Ocean Cup That that's where yeah. you need to be which is what you'll see which is what the BVI are doing now you yeah. see their under the 20 side to go into these um, CONCACAF um tournaments now at, at younger level like england did with the under 17s and yet you know that's that's the key isn't it it's the infrastructure and it's get a youth team sorted and you get the dna for a, you know they talk about it with England the dna and all, that's what you need in order to improve as a nation because mm-hmm. um a lot of these sort of smaller nations like your mauritius like your bvis you know if not if there's no clear plan in place it just goes you know a lot of the players are amateur part-time and it just becomes you know um old boys clubs, you know, oh, let's go and play for the national team. It doesn't really mean anything. And 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 then you, anyway, what, what, what the hell do I know about improving the fortunes of an international football nation? But I tell you what, I give it a good go.
1: So that's all good stuff. Before we wrap up then, I've got some quick fire questions. I'm going to ask one, one to each of you. And then the final question, I'm going to ask you both to answer. I'm going to start with Liverpool, James. If I mm-hmm. were to check out your show for the first time, what would you recommend as the starting point to get me hooked? Good question.
0: Um, I would say Euro 2020 knockout round preview show, uh, which consisted of the assistant manager of the Faroe Islands, Ellie Heintzer. On the same show, the technical director for the British Virgin Islands FA and Steve McLaren's best friend, Dan Neville, also included on the show was... Uh, former England international West Ham Wolves left winger, Matt Jarvis. And again, on the same show, we had former World Cup Nigeria international defender, Effie Soge. Uh, That was uh, a wonderful show. Also, Mark Halsey popped on uh, for a little while onto that show as well, discussing England's potential route through to the Euro 2020
1: final. Excellent. And for Spurs, James, who has been your favourite guest to interview so far? Ooh.
2: Another good question. Um, do you know what? It's it's Drury's a difficult one. There, Peter Drury was very good because um, you know he's got such an iconic voice. You know, and and it was so surreal to talk to him. Mm. You know, his voice sounds like he's commenting. You know, you were talking to him, and he, it sounded like he was commenting to you. It was uh, it was unreal. Um, but in terms of interest, like interesting person, um, I actually think it was Thomas Sonfied who's just come off the back of the gambia's uh, afcon you know we interviewed him um a week after the tournament finished um so fresh um his philosophy on football and everything else and, and the journey that he's been on is incredible um so that was very good also um he was good into uh, um also um interviewing we had a really long interview with kit simons but yeah, uh, but no, to answer your question, Daz, I like anything which is really interesting and out there. You love a good ball, um, don't you? You love balls. I like, I like... Ball sports. D- I like the deep, I like the deep, dark reaches of football. I, I thought like- he was going to say the
0: deep, <laughs> dark reaches of balls. Yeah. I was gonna go, I like, oh, okay. I
2: like, I like football purity is what I like, Daz. So anyone that, that literally lives and breathes and, and, you know, football purists is where I'm at.
0: And Daz, let's not forget, you could appear on the TTM sports show yourself. In a crossover pod, you know, I hope that we've done your show justice this evening in comparison to other guests that you've had on.
1: Absolutely, sign me up.
2: Good man. Good man.
1: So the final question, and I know you guys like to debate things with each other, so I'm going to ask this question to you both. Um, there's 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 no right answer, but I'm sure there's definitely a million wrong answers. So Absolutely. I'm going to I'm going to go back over to. Liverpool, James first, and I'm going to ask you the question: If you could pull up any former England player out of retirement in their peak, in their peak, and put them in the 2022 World Cup squad, who would it be? Paul Gascoigne. Right. And same question to Spurs, James. You
2: need to think more about what we need. Who would you play Gascoigne instead of Foden? Yeah, um, would you play him in the middle? A, a talismanic hero.
0: He'd make things out of nothing. I think you could say a, a prime Rooney or Lineker Yeah, Rooney. To go up front with Kane,
2: Bobby Charlton, Bobby Charlton and Gascois Bobby Charlton to play off with of Kane. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I or, yeah. Gordon Banks. That's that such a good question. Bobby Moore. Bobby Moore. Could we call up two? No, uh, you know. No, one only. I, I think that's such a good question, Thas. You really, really got me there. Um, I'm going to say. I'm going to say because I think it's what we need uh, which would be the difference is I think you're right James I think Bobby Moore
0: yeah i got to change my answer to Bobby Moore as well my heart went ahead of my head every England you would lose any England fan that knows anything about football knows if they say who's your most box
2: office player ever you would have to say Paul Gascoigne No, I disagree I think he's a I think he's a myth would you what? I think Gascoigne's a myth I've said it, on the pint of football, you can soundbite you, you need soundbite to have a pint, pint of sanity. You can soundbite that, Daz. You can do what you want with that. How dare you I... come with
0: me to every single England game that's on in the flesh and and literally stand there and say that Paul Gascoigne's a myth. You've got to be joking. All did right. you
2: see the goal he scored for Tottenham? Yeah. All right. But hear me out. When did he retire? 30? 31, well, 30... that's because he was addicted to no, alcoholic let... beverages. Hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> Hear me out. I like a certain type of player, right? And for me, Paul Gascoigne is not that... I difficult because he was slightly before our time and I'm going to have to really backtrack now to dig myself out of his heart. He's
0: the man, he's in the echelons. of I George think... Best, Pele, Maradona, no, Paul So no, Yes, he is. No. Yes, he is. He's his... in the
2: top 50 players of all time. <sighs> all time. I, I, do you know what, right? No. For me, personally, Ask your dad. I give me... Yeah, I know. Ask your dad. Do you know, I'd rather have...
0: Ask my dad. Ask Ask Daz's dad. Ask anybody football man's dad. Paul Gascoigne. Was he a good player? World-class, elite One of the best ever. They'd say yes. And do you know what? I'd put Wayne Rooney into that category
2: too. But the problem is Rooney, he never done it on the international stage. Gascoigne did. Wayne yeah, but Paul Gascoigne didn't really do much on the domestic stage. He went and bummed it up in Scotland for the last probably Four years he's got of his time. the prime. winner in the
0: Italian Super between Roma yeah, and Lazio. Yeah,
2: You know, Tammy Abraham's done more in Italy than, than uh, Paul Gascoigne's done. Italy, and he's only yeah, been there like eight months. Because
0: Italy's now a graveyard. At the time, Italy was the Premier League <laughs> yeah, of the 1990s. I understand, I understand. You remember the show. I
2: can guarantee you now that David Platt had more of an influence on Italian football in the 90s than Paul Gascoigne.
0: Well, he had a big injury at Tottenham. Mark Haley.
2: Mark Haley probably oh, played God. more Serie A games than. Yeah, now you're you know. going to
0: be telling me Tottenham are going to win the I'm Premier League. In two I'm not seasons saying you, you. You sat there on the podcast. With, with someone from the Extra Inch podcast and you both claimed no. that Tottenham would win the no, league within I two years. I never said that. A Realistic Tottenham fans. I never for, said that. Rubbish. Tottenham Hotspur are so far away from winning the Premier League within two years. You've got more chance of me running on the pitch at the European Cup final in Paris and scoring a 35-yard volley on my weak foot. It's not I, I never said, Maybe I never, in five years, you that. never know. Football's that, a silly game. You ain't winning the title in two years. I know. Done. I
2: never said we were. I don't think we'll win, win you the league also in 20 now, years. You
0: claim that Paul Gascoigne isn't ever a, 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 you know, one of the greatest players ever. Not I'm saying, staggered by if that. You,
2: if you were to put a highlight reel together of Paul Gascoigne, it would be absolutely unreal. If you had to manage him for four years and get to the deep depths of the you know, the latter stages yeah. of the Champions League, yeah. you know, Paul Gascoigne's the yeah. same age as probably Teddy Sheringham, right? Yeah? Fair? Fair? Ish. I can guarantee you now Teddy Sheringham was 33 years old winning the Champions League with Man United, while Paul Gascon was getting pissed up in a bar in Glasgow exactly, but that was living lifestyle. off the path. but that doesn't
0: take yeah, away but, his talent yeah, but, does it yeah
2: but it doesn't take away from his talent but in my opinion what, so George Best then,
0: retired at 26
2: yeah, George Best don't, don't go there
0: so, you see, now, <laughs> you, now, you, now you're going to tell me that no, George Best is. I'm Bess not saying that he's cl- cl- not. you are. Pre- yes, re-
2: you are. When a player throws a career away like that, like Maradona, you know, and all these players, highlight reel, unbelievable, brilliant. Put it up on YouTube and it looks new. George Best is one of the greatest
0: footballers know, in history. I know. I know. He me, is but in the me, top ten. But ever. give me
2: Bobby Charlton over him all day long.
0: Well, look, that's personal. That's personal. It doesn't go to show. Look, Booze took it away. Maradona, hate to say it, but it's true. Drugs. Took him away from it. Paul Gascoigne is in the... the, Every so often, there comes along a player. We're seeing it now with Ronaldo and Messi. Gascoigne was that player. He was... Rivaldo for 2 years no. So why was in Why did that Gascoigne, class?
2: why did Gascoigne never play for a top English club in the Premier League? Cuz he was still uh, you know You're right. You're talking 93, 94, 95, I'm 96 tell you why. all the way up till about the year 2002. I'm going to tell you still why. In his, in his, I'm going to tell you why. Now, I'm going
0: to tell you why. Because a lot of football it, it, fans um, listening to this point of football now, half of them will agree with me, half of them will agree with you. The half that agree with you clearly haven't done the research on Paul Gascoigne because I'm going to tell you why. As soon as he left Newcastle United, he had the option. Sir Alex Ferguson was on the phone to him at Manchester United. Terry Venables got him down there into London. What does London give you? Bright lights, clubs, they offered him the most money. They offered him a car and a house. They offered his dad a car and a house. They offered his then his sister a car and a house. They got the deal done. He then sustained a terrible injury in the FA Cup
1: 1992 after he scored a 35-yard goal, one. not
0: bad for an average player, but anyway. no, he didn't, he didn't, <laughs> I never said he was you average, I never said he was average. You compared him to Tammy Abraham, no. and I'm sorry, <laughs> that's disgraceful. And, and as, as far as I'm concerned, okay, he went to Italy, Tore it up. He was looking for a roof. Yeah, for factor. about four months. He'd, no, he didn't. For about for about two and a half years. Yeah. In, and at that time, he was starting to put on weight. He was drinking heavily, and he was still good. He then went to Rangers. The reason why he went to Rangers is because Walter Smith was there. Walter Smith met Gascoigne, and and again, Gascoigne is someone a player who you need to put your arm around to get the best out of. It's like a It's like a big child in footballing terms. Look at the managers that got the best out of Paul Gascoigne. Bobby Robson at England. Legend. One of the greatest... uh, Probably the best English manager of all time. His signature is inches away from us in this room. Fact, yeah? Mm. The second one is you've got Walter Smith. Again, in Scotland. Revered. Great Scotland manager. Great Rangers manager. Again, in, in Scottish football, one of the best ever. And as far as I'm concerned... Wherever else he was okay Terry Venables another one yeah. another man that put his arm around his shoulder L Tell a man he would he would have been brilliant under Klopp he he is a man he he is a man management stylist dream and look at what he did at Euro 96 for England Colin Henry is still trying to pick himself up off the floor now after he, after Gascoigne flicked it over with the left foot under that high intensity pressure at Wembley, a home tournament, the whole nation stopped. You know, if I'd have knocked that ball over his head, every you know, eight out of ten people, okay, no, okay, six out of ten people would have saw their lights up in in stars on the TV and they would have volleyed that straight over the bar. But what I would have done is actually side-footed it coolly into the corner. Like, like Letizia f- Yeah, absolutely. Uh... Yeah, I, I would have done that. But anyway, off the tangent, I believe Paul Gascoigne and George Best were class. But look, Daz, I don't know if that's a heavy answer to your question, but the reality <laughs> is we got there in the end.
1: <laughs> well, until next time, because I need to come onto your show and uh, chat some nonsense to you guys, I think.
2: Absolutely. Uh, we all, there is a place for you waiting on the TTM Sports Show.
1: And final thing, Put you on the spot. Can either one of you provide a dad joke to fire us home? Yeah, I've got one. Go for it.
2: Um, have you heard of the man that's got five willies? No. Oh, his pants fit like a glove. <laughs>
1: excellent. Oh. oh, if you get milked. <laughs>